Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. We need to come up with something. Something in the professor. I don't, I don't know what it is. I could think of things well, I can't say on the radio. But. Well, yeah, I, I was I was going to go there, but um, live from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River with educational information. We could say with information, education, and entertainment. Which is tagline we use. Yeah, which is true. Because we're all of those, and we're going to use some big words today too for everybody. Just I'm 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 impressed that you. <laughs> See, I saw the story and I didn't know what the word was, so I just skipped it. Skip. <laughs> yeah. No, no. See, there, words are important. <laughs> There's certain. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. Skip. Yeah. See. Nope. Can't do that with this particular report that we are uh, referring to. So. And then. Um, yeah, so I just I'm just gonna wait and enjoy to let you. That's your story, man. It's all yours. It's a deer hunting story. That's yours, buddy. I was gonna let you run with it and just watch you flounder there for a little bit, but no, nope. Okay, no, not gonna do it. So the professor has to read that story. Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be your story. Okay, good enough. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> and then uh, of course we do have the the the. The gorilla in the room, or the gorilla in the water. It's not a gorilla. It's a, it's a plague. It's a disease. It's a virus that must be destroyed. Yeah, our buddy Mike Bell just sent me a text yesterday. He said, "What are you guys going to talk about in the morning?" <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah, appreciate that. So, we will be talking about the discovery of aging carp in Lake Chickamauga. They're here. Well, I got I got some soft thoughts on that too. I'm not going to say they're not here, but I do find some things really kind of interesting. So we'll talk about that in, in great detail, and probably will consume a lot of the show to be honest with you because yeah. this is a huge deal, um, huge deal. And um, all I'm saying, if true, we've got one of the top. I'm going to say top three bass fisheries in the United States. There are tournaments here. People come from all over the place. There's BASS tournaments. There's FLW tournaments. Chickamauga is a hot lake. Why? It's producing big bass mm-hmm. and lots of them and quality stringers. When you get a 50-pound stringer in February, March, that's a for five bass, mm-hmm. that's a really good indication that our bass are getting big here in Chickamauga. And with the Florida strain that TWA put in, you know, it's in, it has really enhanced the bass fishery. That being said, if silver carp get in here, that bass fishery is going to be gone. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. I think that's 
I think we're seeing some of those comments. It, will it hurt the, the fishery? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, will it destroy it? No. I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more of a fatalist, but... <laughs> yeah, you think? Well, thank you, Captain Sunshine, but all right. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. We had the best fishery in the state 24 hours ago. Now it's dead. Not yet, but it, I'm saying it very well. Maybe in the next, I'm well, saying in the, I'm saying in ten years when we're still on the radio talking like, I remember when, I remember when we used to use cane poles and all that, and there weren't these fancy bass boats. By God, we sat on the bank and we liked it. You know that type of comment that w- when we're old and making that type of uh, thing, we're going to look back on this and say, I remember when there weren't Asian carp. Okay. And and see, here's the thing, and I know we're getting into this a little bit early. Here's the thing. It's affecting my fishery before it's affecting Lake Chickamauga fishery. These things are going to go up creeks and rivers, and they're going to eat all the plankton, which is going to kill off the brim, and that's what's upsetting me and getting my dander up. I want a brim fish, darn it. I don't care about the black bass. It's all about you, right? Yes, it is. For for the moment, yes. I don't care. You know, guys go out in the bass boats, great, wonderful. I'm I'm a creek guy. These things are going to swim up my creek. They're going to eat all the plankton. It's going to kill off everything. There's going to be no brim, and that's going to force me to have to start fishing the lake. I don't like that. Oh, I have a question for you, Mister Happy Happy One. Okay. How does it affect the trout? Well, it really doesn't because I don't okay. believe Asian carp can survive in certain water temp or they. So you think I, I don't water? know what the Asian carp survival rate in certain waters is. Okay. So, so I'll have to look that up in the break or Google that because I don't know what their tolerance is. I know they prefer warm water, so I'm yes. I'm guessing it wouldn't be. Uh, they wouldn't be up in any of the trout streams in Upper East Tennessee or any of the cold water reservoirs. But okay, they're talking about them making it into Lake. Michigan at some point they're they're doing all those barriers up in the northeast so Lake Michigan freezes over in parts so I don't know what they can tolerate and what they can't I don't know if they could survive in a trout stream it may be possible but I sincerely doubt it okay that's speculation from an engineer not a biologist I just need to go on record for saying that why well I'm not a biologist and I don't know did you stand in all day and express ever in your life yes okay then you qualify. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Who brought this plague to us? Uh, I think, I think, and don't hold, I think, it was in Missouri and Arkansas. They had a whole bunch of these Asian carp lakes, and they were using them for some sort of either, A, plankton control, or they were using them as raising them for some sort of feed. It flooded. They got into the Mississippi. Kind of how we got tilapia in Tennessee, too. Exactly. Uh, kind of how we got tilapia with all the tilapia farms that flooded in, what was that, 2006, 2008? Something like that. Right? Anyway, uh, it, the, the, it flooded. They got into the Mississippi. They ran up and down the Mississippi, and then they ran into the Ohio. And they made a right turn and said, oh, look, here's the Tennessee River. And they started going down the Tennessee River, and... They have gone down the Tennessee River, starting in Kentucky, came down, 
They're in uh, Kentucky Lake, came down, went down the Tennessee River through West Tennessee, through Alabama, and have come back up into our area. And they're probably going to run, keep going north until they reach Knoxville and Upper East Tennessee, theoretically. So, since you brought it up, Mm -hmm. here's my question there, Mr. Professor. Mm Mm-hmm. Why have there been no sightings of Asian carp in any of the waters below us? I don't know that answer. I'm That's a, a question I have. Well, I think there have been. Haven't they been found in West Tennessee? In Paris and Kentucky Lake. Paris and Kentucky Lake. There's there's no um, there's no confirmed sightings <coughs> in. Nickajack. No confirmed sightings in Gunnersville. Didn't they do DNA testing and they found DNA, but no, they didn't confirm sighting, but they found, didn't they water test and found DNA? I seem to remember they found DNA of the silver carp, but they found no actual silver carp. Where? In Nickajack. I'm almost I'm, positive. Of I'm that. not aware of that. You okay. You're right. Um, but they're... Yesterday, the DNR in Alabama said, no, they don't have Asian carp in Gunnersville. Um, okay. I th- I'm just telling you what was said. Okay, I think, and, and no offense to our brethren down in DNR uh, in Alabama, uh, I think they're wrong. But Okay. And you're basing this on what? Well, if they're found, if they, if it has been confirmed here, so if they're here, they had to go through that area, and I'm guessing that there are some they just haven't found them yet. Okay. I'm that's speculation. You're right. It is. It's completely speculation. I'm working on facts. Just the facts, man. Okay. I'm looking up stuff here. Um You know, I just have several questions. Mm-hmm. Uh the fish was supposedly Jumped in this guy's boat in October. Right. Uh, there was some question. Uh, I was asked a couple of questions like, why did TWR wait so long to notify us? Well, we only found out about it yesterday at 9 a.m. Central time. Uh, so they moved at what I would say is very rapid rate uh, to get the information out as best they could after they... Uh, Confirmed it, and I'll put confirmed in air quotes because I don't know exactly what the process was. I've, I've been told a couple things, and none of them is official, so I don't know exactly where or what the process was to get that confirmation. But I was told that it has been confirmed by um, uh, what? Metadata? Yes, metadata. In the, uh, in the picture. Correct. So, that's what I've been told by two different sources that it was. So, they're here, supposedly. I'm looking, I'm trying to find that information where TWA... If it's not on the internet, it didn't happen. Well, that's... I'm <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I might have to find this. Okay. Accord, according to the distribution, let's see here. Uh, they're down in West Tennessee, 
and they're moving our way, and apparently they are here. So I, you know what I this know. means? What's that? Our business idea. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, there's your picture right there. There's the picture of the day right there. Hundreds of thousands of carp jumping up and down. And I've already, I'll be honest, I've already had a couple of guys message me. I, I shared the story. Yeah. I've had one person actually text me, and a few people make comments on Facebook. They're asking me, what flies do we need to tie for this so we can catch them and, and get them out? And they said, what flies can we tie for uh, Asian carp? And I said, well, first you need uh, the simplest fly would be a, you need a, a, a dropper so, right. so you're using one fly and another fly. So you, we're using a dropper, dropper, dropper. We're using a treble hook, a treble hook, and a treble hook. And you cast that out, and you yank as hard as you possibly can. The other options I came up with was a treble hook, a treble hook, and a stick of dynamite, and a treble hook, a treble hook, and a whole gallon of rotenol to kill anything that gets near that. You are somewhat of a pessimist right now. I don't like Asian carp, and I think they, I can tell. I, I want them. I want them all dead. They're very tasty, though. I know. Th- hey, great! They're dead. We can eat them. I want you them. You want to go into fishing business? Catch them? Sell them? I don't want to get. Hit. You need good insurance. I don't want to get hit in the head with a thirty-pounder jumping in my face. It's what wear helmets for? Yeah, true. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. Robinson over here just really hammering on the keyboard. I don't know what you're looking up. I'm I'm looking up information on Asian carp and every one of them are some sort of academic study and I'm having and there's no highlights on them. <laughs> you mean I mean like really notes? like full blown academic, you know, research study. So uh from what I've seen, uh Asian carp don't like anything below 68 degrees. That's They don't like it, but they can tolerate it. I'm trying to figure out where it's going to kill them. So, and so we can dump a bunch of ice cubes in the water? Well, no, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got another plan. All okay. TWA has to do. You want to solve the Asian carp problem? I'm all ears, man. Here's your, here, here, we, I'm sorry, bass fishermen, you're going you're gonna to call, call in and tell me how wrong I am. Give us a call, 267-1023. Fine, tell me how wrong I am on this. We are going to not have a bass fishery here in Chickamauga. It is going to be kill the whole bass fishery. Kill off? Well, no, I'm not going to kill it off. I'm going to let it die off naturally because the Asian carp are going to eat all the plankton, so there won't be any bugs. Which, if there won't be any bugs, there won't be any brim and minnows. If there aren't any brim and minnows, the bass don't eat. If the bass don't eat, the bass die. 
Here's what we do. I've got your solution. Right. We turn Chickamauga into the ultimate musky lake. Put those big toothy critters in here by the millions, and we just let them eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until there's no silver carp. Then when there's no silver carp, those things die off. We put the bass back in. Problem solved. What do you do with the overabundance of musky that you have after that point? You catch them, and they are fun to catch. And if you think a bass pulls hard, get a get a big musky on the end of your rod. And uh, I'm telling you, don't lip them. Don't lip those things. Do not lip those things. Friendly reminder from Tony Sanders Outdoors because we care. Don't lip musky. Is that what you have a score from? Yes. Oh. Well, pickerel, same species, okay. same genus, but not species. I, it was a chain pickerel that ate my thumb off as a kid. That was my mistake. You lipped it? Yes. I was young and stupid. Yeah, and I thought it, w- it was green and long, looked like a bass, and so I just well, kind of looked like a bass, except I kind of had a duck's mouth, so I stuck my thumb in there to get my lure back, and it just chomped down on me, and I still have a scar to this day. <laughs> Oops. So, what did I learn? You do it once, and you learn. So, well, most people do. Yeah, I did it once, and I learned. I never picked up anything by the mouth. Again. So, so your my theory is your. Th- let me just make. I want to recap. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. So we're going to. Stock the lake with lots of musky. Musky. Lots of them. Lots of them. They are indigenous to Tennessee, so it's not like we're... And they will eat the Asian carp. Yes. those. That's the only predator that we know of that will eat Asian carp. Bass will eat the small Asian carp in when they're really small, like they're one to two inches, but after those things grow really quick. So I'm thinking we need to have a top-tier toothy predator in there. Okay. It's either musky or bull sharks. Take your pick. I mean, bull sharks sound a lot more exotic. Yeah, but, you know, the whole, you know, uh, skiing and wakeboarding, you know, industry may, you know, suffer from bull sharks. So, Some bull sharks have a pretty nasty attitude. Yes, they, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and from scientific articles I read, they are, that animal has the highest levels of testosterone of any animal in nature, which gives them a really, really bad attitude. Okay. I somehow don't really take any of this seriously. What, the musky? Yeah, the whole, okay. the whole comment. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what we do. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, to be honest, I'm, yeah, I'm joking around with the musky, but... Um, my, my other thought was we we can we can enhance our our business idea of shotgunning these things. We need to get a guy up in the front of the boat with a buzz bait because they don't like propellers. Throw a buzz bait out there when those things jump, we shoot them. So it's like uh, bait and switch. Okay, I'm not sure that people take that very seriously either. Yeah, true. All right, serious ideas. Uh, well, all commercial right. fishermen. That's so, the only serious idea okay. I have. Correct. That's that's what we've been doing in West Tennessee. Now, again, a couple of things. Why is there not been any fish? Notif- why have we not seen any fish south of us or below the below the below stream downstream? I'll get out in a minute. I don't know. I'm not sure. I- and so that makes me wonder. Supposedly, this has been uh, verified with metadata from the. From the, the, the picture. So I'm going to assume that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just find it really hard that they went from Kentucky Lake to here. I swear I thought they found them somewhere else in West Tennessee. Not on the Tennessee River system. Okay. They are other places, but not on the Tennessee River system. Okay. I saw some people commenting on Facebook that, you know, we need to stop all minnow sales and all that. Uh, which seems a little extreme. Yeah, I would say that's a little extreme, and it's the 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 fry of the silver carp look more like uh, threadfin shad than anything else. They're very shad-esque when they're small. You know, one thing that I have um, learned is I don't think we've ever found any evidence of them actually breeding in our waters. Okay. Or at least not in many years. Okay, I'm 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 still I'm still stuck on the they found DNA here and there, but um, now we're, the but wouldn't DNA wash down with the river? Theoretically, it would wash. It'd be it'd be upstream. Yeah, theoretically, it would wash down. So yeah, that the, there again, I'm not sure, but I don't know how they collect the DNA, and I don't know what how they sure where the informational sites are. So um, I've got a lot of questions, and I'm sure everybody else does, but the one of the issues I have is that the I'm gonna say the lack of reporting on this is is my lack of reporting. Well, not necessarily lack of reporting, but the misidentification, shall we say? So. Okay. So the story that I've been told is the guy caught the fish in October in a tournament, in a bass tournament, a sanctioned bass tournament. Um, it was. Of the of the top of tournament that he actually had an observer in the boat, an independent observer, uh, who misidentified the fish as a grass carp because we don't have silver carp in Chickamauga. It's a grass carp. Okay. Uh, I understood that they went back to the weigh-in area at Chester Frost. Showed the picture to several people who identified it as a grass carp because we don't have silver carp in Chickamauga. Um, and that's kind of how it just, the guy just dropped it. It was a grass carp. Uh, fast forward three months on a conversation with somebody. Said, um, yeah, I found a fish. I don't know exactly what word to use. And the person said, why don't you send me a picture of that? And source, if you've seen the picture, then you know it's, it was a, immediately it was a, an, an Asian. And he goes, man, it's an Asian carp. You need to call TWRA. Um, and that was kind of how it transpired. I mean, literally that fast. Uh, so discovered fish, misidentified. Three months later, hey, send me a picture. Oh, my God, call TWRA. And that was how it went. Mm-hmm. They did verify some, uh, that, like I said, the metadata on the on the picture, uh, confirmation of the uh, the person being enrolled in the fishing tournament uh, as a contestant uh, on that date, calendar, several things that were used to verify that this is where um, 
it came from. I do, I kind of hate that there is no identification of anything other than a fish in a boat. There's no identification of area around us. Right. It was taken in the bottom of the boat, so it wasn't like the angler held it up, and you can see the the towers of Sequoia in the background. He, he didn't catch it. Yeah, it, it hopped he, in his he, boat when he yeah. started his trolling motor. So there's a, there's a lot of things that I hope get answered in the near future. I hope so. All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a thousand guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. I got a message. I don't know who it's directed to. Show this to Mr. Sourpuss. I guess that would be me. Probably. This was a Kentucky Lake bass fishing historical study. Mm-hmm. All right. I just read it in the break. Okay. The has been no significant change in the bass weights from tournaments since Asian carp hit the water. When? What? What's the time frequency? What do you mean the time frequency? I mean, what's the the time period between when they identified Asian carp and this study ended? I mean, because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I'm saying if it's a if it's a 20 year study, great. Okay, wonderful. It won't have an impact. If it's a 10 year study, I I think the jury's still out. If it's a five year study, not enough information. Wow. I'm 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 sorry. I'm. They went back to 1997. 97 to 2007 would be no. 20 years. Yeah. Um. 2009. I'm looking for dates. Okay. 2018. Are, are we good yet? Worst tournament was in 2011. And they were in di- June. Okay, and they were discovered in. Um, I don't 
don't know. You're asking questions. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. All, all I'm saying don't is don't stump the host. I'm sorry. That was that was my fault. That rule number one: don't stump the host. Rule number two: always carry a knife because you're always rule, borrowing. Rule money. number three is, is carry a bigger gun. Yeah. Uh, it, 2018, I think, is the late, latest in here. Okay. Uh, 2000, you can say, you could argue that since 2013, there have been a slight decline, slight being the key word here, uh, but it, they spiked back up in 2017. And this was all on tournament, real tournaments with official weights. Okay. So there you go. All right. Now, let's move on to something else because you have depressed me with your pessimistic outlook on the survivability of my water. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just love being a ray of sunshine this early in the morning on a cloudy day. <laughs> and you're calling this a ray of sunshine? Eh, no, not really. I just... call it a ray of something. <laughs> All right, where else are we going? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Somewhere else. Okay. I want to go somewhere besides fishing. All right. Well, you want to go to the latest harvest report? <laughs> Since we're talking statistics, I thought that would be appropriate. Why not, Mr. Mathematician? All right. Uh, this week in the state, there were 133,537 deer taken. Hamilton County had 1,840. Bledsoe had 929. Bradley had 985. Grundy had 941, Marion had 1,689, McMinn had 1,481, Meggs had 1,136, Monroe had 817, Polk had 263, Ray had 1,605, and Sequatchie had 617. Now, let's go back down. All but one was an increase. For this year over last year. Year over and last year. these are my, my 10 counties, right? The ones that make up my TWRA district? Uh, yes, pl- okay. plus, yes. Plus, which one? Which one's plus? Grundy, because they're in our listing area, but they're but not. they're not on. Okay, yeah. good deal. Okay. So everybody's up except for Monroe, which they don't care about deer. All they do is, is bear hunt. And they're only off by one from this time last year. Good. So okay. well done, Monroe. Uh the difference between uh, this year and last year is 11,015. There were 11,015 more deer taken in 2018-2019 than there were 1920. Um, to me, I don't... Here's a big struggle that we got. A lot of people are... are kind of talking like you were woe is me woe is me um the four horsemen of the apocalypse are now riding death plague disease yeah that kind of thing okay yeah um 11,000 decline in harvest is that significant statewide yeah statewide i would say no okay i don't know if it is or not but here's the thing that's a seven percent decline that's pretty significant. That's real numbers. Um, is that a function of the state of the deer herd, or is that a function of the state of the hunters out in the woods? Yes. I don't know which, but yes. I'm going to say probably both. I think there is a 
I think the decrease may be possibly due to timing this year because I, honestly, I really think that with the late holidays, everybody got them wrapped up in the holidays, and and if you're anything like I do, you got to do the family commitments and all that other stuff, and you don't get your fun outdoor time. Okay. Um, now there, I'm sure there's some people out there who who do get their fun outdoor time, but and there's other people that you know like. Like us, we have day jobs, and we don't get to hunt during the day, during the week per se. And, you know, it, we're weekend hunters. So, you know, sometimes that can be a factor, especially this late in the year. And I also think that, I, I don't know, I, just, I don't think that 7% is really that big of a difference. Okay. Statewide. Uh, maybe some of your western counties didn't get as many they didn't take as many does this year as they normally do because they're allowed, what, three a day out there or something like that? Maybe people are being a little bit more uh, selective and. I don't know. Looking, Maybe they're hunting horns this year. I don't know. Maybe this is a horn hunting year and people decide not to pull the trigger on a doe. Uh, possible. I was looking. There was a. Um, there was a gentleman. That keeps track of his hunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Okay, so this is his twenty, his nineteen twenty season. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to see if he gives a total because if he doesn't, then I'm, I shouldn't have ever started down this path. All right, here we go. Total hunts, hundred and thirteen. Total deer sightings, nine hundred ninety six. Legal buck sightings, two sixty nine. Different bucks, I'm not sure what that is, 69, doe sightings, 521, fawn sightings, 206, coyote sightings, 3, bobcats, 2, uh, 10 skunked hunts, killed, 1, 8-pointer. His last year, let's see if I can get to that total. Um, last year, total hunts, 135, deer sightings, 1363, total bucks, 331, total does, 543, Fawns 489, legal bucks 76, coyotes 9, bobcats 4, skunked 6 times. And that was 135 total last year? 130, no, 135 and 18, 19, and 20, it was 113. 113. 113 times hunting. Yes. Okay. How many, there's what, 52 weekends in the year? Yeah. This guy's, uh, this is Anthony Landreth, who is um, host of a t- local show okay. uh, or a TV show here in Chattanooga. Okay. Not, not, not in Tennessee. Uh, he hunts in West Tennessee. Okay. Hunts very much in a CWD zone. Hmm. Very, very, very positive. Hmm. But I think weather's been a big deal. I think there's been a lot of other things that affected it that, and I think that reducing hunters. So, anyway, we'll cover that when we come back. Tony Center's Outdoors. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, 
Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sportsman's Warehouse provides outstanding gear and exceptional service to inspire your outdoor memories. The winter clearance sale is going on now at Sportsman's Warehouse. Great savings in every department, including guns and ammo. Whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. You'll find name brand products at better prices. If you don't see a gun that you want in the store, which I find really hard to believe, go to sportsmans.com for over 8,000 additional guns to choose from. You can have the gun shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charge, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special discounts. Be sure to like and follow Sportsman's Warehouse on Facebook for special events, promotions, and prizes, and really silly uh, videos from Tyler Worley and other people over there sometimes. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great indoors for those that love the great outdoors. I'm dishing on Tyler, and I messed up my commercial. Let's try one more time. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Jack's Bait and Tackle has everything you need for your next fishing trip. Jack's has small, medium, large, and jumbo shiners, red worms, night crawlers, crickets, wax worms, skipjacks, and toughies. And if you're heading over to Lake Junior to fish for some trout, I've heard via a rumor, a little bird told me, that the wax worms are the way to go, and Jax has them. They have custom tackle, including canine fishing line, the only shop in the area to carry it, soft plastics, and the popular Tennessee rig. Lose crappie rods and bait casting reels are also in stock. They carry 5-inch pre-rig swim baits by Lurch's Lures. Jax has missile soft plastics, and they carry the whole line of Berkeley and Rapala products. Jax is just a short drive down Bonnie Oaks from exit 153, so it's a convenient stop on the way to Lake River or even Lake Junior. They also carry snacks and drinks for your cooler. Jack's is at 4228 Bonnie Oaks Drive, and they're open seven days a week for all your bait and tackle needs. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 6.30 a.m. until 6 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 6 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. Give them a call at 698-8339, 698-8339. Check out their Facebook page. Be sure to like them on their Facebook page and look for special discounts and specials that are only posted there. Jax has been in the tackle business for over 50 years, so they know everything about bait. Wow, the first hour got away from us, man. It's gone. It is. First hour in a can. Here we got some stuff coming up. The uh, January 18th to 19th, 29th Annual Tennessee Sandhill Crane Festival. If there's any cranes, because you and I are supposed to be hunting on the 22nd, and I hope there are cranes by then. Not if it's 70 degrees or not. I understand. Uh, the 2001, uh, oh, 2001, January 
It's not as easy as it seems, huh? The yeah, February read that 1st, calendar. February 1st, Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner. Uh, Jeff Danker from Realtree Buck Ventures will be the speaker. Doors open at 4 o'clock-ish. Uh, 2008. <laughs> you see? It's not as easy as you think February 8th, Silverdale Wild Game Dinner. Uh, this is going into the, straight into the blooper reels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Silverdale Wild Game Dinner, Silverdale Baptist Church, and in Udawal. They actually have two locations. Uh, speaker is Jimmy Houston. Doors open at 4-ish. And on March 14th, the DU Green Wing Youth Event, Covey Creek Farms uh, event starts around 11. So there you go. I'm going to go take a break and re- reset my mouth, and when we come back, we'll uh, have a little bit more fun. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Being with you this soon-to-be-wet Saturday morning. Hey, got a text while we're... I'm, I'm on a, they're going to remain anonymous because I like them. Weather is a huge factor. Unusually warm weather and bad weather opening weekend of gun season. Rain, 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 and more rain. Then they said, if you're a college professor, is that really a day job? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. No, I just sit in my office all day and think deep thoughts and suck up that government paycheck. That's all I do. Uh, well, minutes is the uh, first part. Do what now? Uh, admitting uh, is the first part. Hey, don't start with me, all right? <laughs> and I had a comment on Facebook that the harvest was down uh, – Pretty good in the CWD zone, which is probably true. And really not that surprising. So maybe people are going elsewhere. Just, I don't know, maybe they're hunting elsewhere. Could be, or I don't know. Maybe that could be part of the change. Honestly, I think weather had a lot to do with it. We got a lot of rain late in the year. So so I'm, I'm going to say something really profound. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I say it's profound. I don't know if it's really profound or not. I think there is a lot of, of doomsday-type approach to CWD. I mean, you've got CWD has been in Colorado since 1959. Mm-hmm. I think you st- I've actually paid to go hunt in Colorado. It's not like it's, you know, destroying the whole state. Right. Uh, there may be pockets that it's affecting, but it's it's still a viable servant herd in Colorado. In every yes. other state where there are CWD cases. Correct. All right. So CWD is not the death nail to the deer herd. CWD is going to change some of your hunting. Yes. All right. There has been some issues. We overwhelmed the testing facility with deer samples. Okay. We've already put steps in place. And unfortunately... And, and I think this is, 
what a lot of people seem to forget, based on some of the comments I read on social media and different places, you can't flip a switch and fix this. This is a process. And while we do hate that there was a backup at the testing facility, there's only two testing facilities in the country for CWD. All right. One was in Colorado and one was, I think, in Kansas, but don't hold me to that. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're building it or we're working with the Department of uh, Agriculture to develop a testing center here, possibly two, here in the state. That we're, so we're going to instantly be on the cutting edge of the testing and, and timing and all that stuff. Which is going to give you more accurate data, too. Quicker. Mm-hmm. Accurate data. Uh, you also have the um, um, the incinerator that we're using because, you know, we've caught a lot of grief that we spend in a million dollars on an incinerator. And I say we, I'm talking about TWRA. Well, you got to understand the reason we have been reacting to the CWD issue was for our hunters and our processors because we need them. And two weeks before the season opened, the uh, waste management people, in, I guess that's a company, so let me don't, I don't want to say that, the commercial operators of landfills sent us a letter, I think it was the 13th of September, that said we will no longer accept untested carcasses of deer in our landfills. Well, they operate all the landfills in West Tennessee. So we said, okay, we're going to dig a trench and we're going to bury these until we can figure out what to do uh and i mean it was clay lined it was all the stuff it was on property that we already own and we saw how that kind of blew up on us yeah everybody got oh not in my neighborhood yeah and they they it just it was really it was and and we purposely didn't get into that on because some of the comments were just rude very rude well i don't know it wasn't a word i was going to use but it's close enough so now we've invested a million dollars in an incinerator. It's not because we wanted to spend a million dollars. All right? We have a problem, and that's we don't have any place to take the deer, period, in the CWD zone. So Fayette County came to us and said, hey, if you will help us with acquiring the incinerator, we will operate it. We'll give you a place in our landfill. We'll build a pad. We'll do all this stuff. And we will operate it. Well, that's a pretty good deal. Oh, we yeah. got we got a gov- another government trying to work with us to help solve a problem, and it's solving the problems for pretty much the whole CWD zone. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it doesn't mean as it keeps expanding, it's going to continue to solve the problems. We're going to have to look at other options. But I mean, again, we're we are we are are when you when you look at Facebook, we're the stupidest people on earth. All right, driving our new trucks and all that stuff. Uh, but when you talk to people in the industry, they're all praising Tennessee for their reaction and what they're doing to to, uh, to work with the CWD. And getting that incinerator is a start. It's so a start. It's a start. Yeah, yeah, we're at the beginning of the process. Yeah. So there you go. I'm off my soapbox for the moment. Hey, Beaver man. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Professor. Good morning, sir. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I, t- I didn't tell Rob Beaverman. I have to tell it while you're on the air. This is really funny. Um, yesterday, I'm in a meeting with my my team at nine thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and 
one of my guys says, I don't know, do you know that Beaverman guy that calls in on the radio? And I said, I don't know. Do I need to know him or what? I mean, I, I really got a little leery at this point. Mm-hmm. And and you made some kind of comment about somebody was not part of the SEC or something. I don't remember what the comment was. Yeah, I ran. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not the SEC. They they have never they've never played anybody. Okay, so I think. And mm-hmm. so and it really it made him laugh when he heard when when he heard Beaverman call in. He, and he said, "Do you know this guy?" And I just kind of laughed and I said. Well, he and his crew are in my yard as we speak because he was up at my house doing doing some work. So I just I just thought that was kind of humorous when he asked me if I knew who you were. Well, you know, it's uh, somebody's got to do it. You know, the, the snarky and smart aleck comments. I understand, um, and you do it so well. They've, they've, hey, why do you think I get paid well, the big bucks? That's right. Why do you think I, you know, I reach um, out to you when I need a I need somebody to help fill in? That that's the reason. Well, and and I'm glad to do it. I uh, I enjoy it. You know, this is uh, you know the sister station there, KZ. They're great, hard rocking. You know, but you can only hear Boston. Don't look back. So many times a day before and, you know you, you've kind of heard that heard all those songs. I, and I imagine we're going to be hearing Rush all day today since the drummer's dead now. Oh yeah, Neil, Neil Peart died. Man, that yeah. that. He, he was he was a an amazing drummer. He was a drummer's drummer. He really I was. I didn't say he wasn't talented, but all I have seen for the last two or last day is that he's dead. It's like okay, I get it. He's dead. I got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He was also one of their primary the primary lyricists. He he wrote the songs and right. played the drums and um, yeah. I, I saw an interview with them a while back um, and Getty Lee and uh, the other guy. Were play the guitarist would interview and talk to fans and and Neil Peart just just didn't feel comfortable doing that. He was very person, uh, you know, kind of a personal individual and didn't like the the exposure and didn't like you know being a superstar. He just right. liked banging on his drums. Right. And um, anyway, but I think we need to maybe bolster up the this being the. One of the most glorious weeks for sportsmen and women in our state, and that's because Lake Junior is now open once again. I agree. It happened open last week, Rob. It did, oh. and I, I know, I know. Rob holds a, a bit of su- an air of superiority. No, it's just straight animosity. Down. I'll be honest. Do what? It's just straight animosity. It's not superiority. It, it, it it's animosity. <laughs> well, you just haven't experienced the thrill of choosing between orange power bait or monkey vomit green power bait, oh, and and getting getting that ever so gentle tug on your ultralight. Mm-hmm. You could probably cast power bait on one of your ten caras. Not, not a and, and do surprisingly well. Let me put it this way: What was the old term back in the seventies? Death before disco. Okay, death before bait. All right, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm at that point. Well, and I also have a a, a, a probable um, answer to your concern about the seven percent drop in harvest. Okay, and that's because neither uh, myself nor Doctor Green, the wagon burner, have hunted in Tennessee this year. That's what it is. That's it, Chris. Recovering from shoulder surgery, 
hasn't been able to, how does he put it, the, the rapid decom- pulmonary decompression of animals. Haven't right. experienced any of that this year. And um, I had no place to hunt in Tennessee the first time in a long time. And in when I, where I did hunt in Georgia, I mean, the weather's been crappy on the weekends. I've got, gotten up numerous times and called my buddy and was like, Matt, I don't want to go out there. You know, <laughs> so, the rain. So it's, I'm we, not worried about me, but rifles tend to rust. We've gotten a little soft is what you're saying. Well, let's just say maybe I'm not as mad at him as I used to be. And, you know, here I am right here staunchly within my mid-50s. And the many others of my age are probably the same way. They're like, eh, we'll go out there when it's when the weather's decent, when, you know, when the when there's a, a pretty decent chance of seeing animals. You know, I mean, you look at the weather, not, not just for rain, but, I mean, is it uh, – you know, the wind can be blowing 30 miles an hour. Is it, uh, and what's the point of going out there if you're pretty sure you're not going to see anything? Um, no, I mean, I enjoy just the sitting out there and being in the woods, you know, as much, as much as anything. You need to hunt and you need to hunt in some of the sportsman's condos I hunt in because the rain doesn't bother you. <laughs> well, that and discretion is the better part of valor too. I mean, if I'm, I'm with you on that, I think, I'm, I've started some this year. I'm keeping track of rain on weekends, and I'm making a note so at the end of the year I can look back because, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of us, apparently myself not included, do have these day jobs and can only hunt on weekends. And if it's raining on Saturday and nasty and, you know, stuff like that, you know, maybe you go to church on Sunday or, you know, you don't, you got family issues on Sunday or whatever. Maybe you can hunt yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Who knows? I don't know. But if it's, if it's kind of cruddy all weekend, are you really going to get out? Yeah, and, you know, it's just a, um, I, I don't know, I think of, think of all the times, I, I you know, I, I have just said, well, I'm going to hunt regardless. And and then, you, you know, you end up not seeing anything or, you know, the weather's so so horrible that you're just miserable. And, and I don't mind cold. I don't mind, you know, the... Um, because that, that usually makes them start moving. But, you know, if it's so foggy, you can't see the 50 feet. What's the point of sitting in a in a nice box, you know, with you're out of the elements, but you can't see anything? I mean, you know, the deer could walk up 10 feet from you, sure. and, and you'd never know it. So, anyway, I, I think it's, it's, you know, everything is cyclical in this world, and, and maybe next year that uh, – Wagenberger and I are back in it. We're back up eleven percent. Yeah, your, your your numbers will rise dramatically. Beaver man, I got to go pay some bills, man. Gentlemen, thank you. Enjoy it as always, thank and you. uh, y'all have a good one. Talk to you soon. Thanks, sir. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 
423-280-3677. Jack's Bait and Tackle has everything you need for your next fishing trip. Jack's has small, medium, large, and jumbo shriners, red worms, night crawlers, crickets, wax worms, which I'm being told is what is really hot right now, skip jacks and toughies. They have custom tackle, including canine fishing line, the only place to carry the canine, soft plastics, and the popular Tennessee rig. Loose crappie rods and bait casting reels are in stock. Jack now carries five-inch pre-rigged swim baits by Lurch's Lures. Jack's has missile soft plastics, and they carry a whole line of Berkeley and Rapala products. Jack's is just a short drive from 153 down Bonnie Oaks, so it's a convenient stop on your way to the lake or the river. They also carry snacks and drinks for your cooler, too. you got to feed the fishermen. Jack's is at 4228 Bonnie Oaks Drive, and they're open seven days a week for your bait and tackle needs. Sunday through Thursday, 630 to 6, and Friday and Saturday from 6 to 630. Give them a call at 698-8339, 698-8339, and check them out on Facebook. Be sure to like their page for specials and discounts that are posted there. Jack's Bait and Tackle. They've been in business for over 50 years so they know baits. Sports' Warehouse provides outstanding gear and exceptional service to inspire your outdoor memories. The winter clearance sale is going on right now at Sportsman's Warehouse. Great savings in every department, including guns and ammo. Because whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. You'll find name brand products at better prices. Now, if you don't see the gun you want at the store, go to sportsmans.com for over 8,000 additional guns to choose from. You can have it shipped directly to the store with everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special discounts. Be sure to like and follow them on Facebook, too, for special events, promotions, and prizes. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Halfway through the last hour of the show, and you can call in and be part of the show. All right. Go ahead and talk about the educational society of what we're going to talk about. Uh, we are talking about a cryptorchidism, which is a cryptorchid buck was shot in Tennessee, and he shot a whitetail. A Tennessee man capped off. What is a cryptorchid? Cryptorchidism. Cryptorchidism is the failure of one or both testes to descend into the scrotum. It is a rare... Yeah. Okay. You can let me get through this or we're going to just make weird weird noises. It happens. It is the failure of one or both testes to descend into the scrotum, something I thought I'd never read on the air. It's a rare condition that randomly occurs in white-tailed deer and has nothing to do with genetics. It happens because of a birth defect pre- preventing the testes from descending and the testicles remain in the abdominal cavity of the deer. Often these bucks are mistaken for antler does because the scrotum is empty and not noticeable. The bucks don't behave like normal bucks either because they lack an average production of testosterone. Normally, a buck will receive a natural increase in testosterone levels when the days begin to shorten, i.e. the rut. The blood flow will decrease to the antlers, and calcium is moved to the antlers to make them hard. However... In these bucks, they don't get this boost of testosterone, so they never exhibit typical buck behavior. They don't express dominance, make scrubs, rub trees, participate in rutting behavior. Their necks don't swell, and they don't breed. Um, The antlers will remain in velvet year-round. 
and they continue to grow as mature animals. Antlers of very old bucks will develop deformities and abnormal points, which allows them to grow into freaks, often known as cactus bucks. So that is the definition of That would definitely be the educational portion of the show. So, so now, now go back to your story. What was the story? Uh, a man, a man in twenty, uh, a man capped off his twenty twenty deer season uh, by harvesting a cryptorchid buck. He was in the Covington area, and he will not forget this particular buck. The story begins around three years ago when he captured it on his trail camp, and he had been watching this deer for the last three years. And he noticed the rack's unusual development from year to year, noticing that the velvet was present year-round. He had a shot at him last year at about 160 yards, and he missed. Uh, He wasn't the only hunter in the area that was aware of this particular deer. However, he did have a distinct advantage over everyone else because the area where this deer was known to have a tat was right up to his 200-acre farm. Well, the buck showed up on his farm again, and he was still getting photos of him on his trail camera. He was back, and guess what? He dropped him. And this was a really interesting deer. It was really interesting. Uh, He said he ended up shooting the deer at about 100 yards. Um, He looked, and to his relief, he could spot the antlers sticking out of the grass after the shot was made. And the cactus buck is a, it's a really unique trophy. So it's also good that they got this particular buck out. Well, the bucks don't breed, but it's, it's good they got them out of the population. Well, he so. couldn't breed. He didn't have any testicles, according to you. Well, he has them. They just didn't descend, and he doesn't participate in regular deer activity. He wasn't allowed to play in the reindeer games. <laughs> okay. Just saying. So there you go. I am. Uh, this was a story that I intentionally skipped because I didn't know exactly what it was about. I didn't take the time to read. So thank you. You're welcome. And the word of the day is cryptorchidism. I hope not. <laughs> All right. What else we got happening? Uh, there's a precautionary fish, fish consumption on Nolichucky River and, and Cherokee Reservoirs for mercury. Uh, the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation has announced uh, extension of the existing precautionary fish consumption advisory due to mercury on the Nolichucky Rivers and the South Holston, including Cherokee Reservoir. Uh, they advise pregnant or nursing mothers and children to avoid eating species, um, specifically bass, catfish, and uh, other game fish, and they avoid activities and to avoid activities such as boating, swimming, wading. So watch out for that. Do you hear me people eating bass anymore? No, not really. I mean, I have. Striped bass, yes. but Striped bass, yes. I ha- And I've eaten black bass. I, I don't normally. Um, somebody asked me, I, in fact, uh, I had somebody the other day ask me, they said, oh, you, you go out and fish a lot. I was chit-chatting with them, and I was wearing a, a fish shirt or something on, you know, surprise, surprise. And they said, oh, do you fish a lot? I said, yeah, I sure do. I showed them a few fish pictures. They said, oh, I bet you eat good. I said, no, I pretty much catch and release everything. And they said, why? I said, well, I don't normally eat bass. I don't, you know, bluegill are hard to clean. and Well, they're not hard. Well, let me rephrase it. At my house, they're hard to clean. 
so um you know i just kind of said no i don't eat a lot of them but i i don't know a lot of people that do eat bass top i i don't know anybody that does off the top of my head that i could say yeah they eat a lot of bass i can't think of anybody they're more they're looking at it as a sport fish now i know a lot of people who eat trout which is a sport fish uh bait fish yeah and i've never understood that and i don't want i don't know if you want to get into that you can't use bass as bait you can't take a bass and hook it to your line and use it for bait but you can catch a trout which is a sport fish and you can use it for bait but it's a sport fish i don't understand never understood that from tw right bass is a sport fish can't be used for bait trout is a sport fish okay to use as bait i have questions well, maybe you should. I'm going to write somebody. my darn commissioner and find out. There you go. That's what you ought to do. Maybe he'll respond to you in a year or two. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. I'm not sure what you're talking about there, Rob. Encouraging me to sell firearms at Compass, which I've done. Easy process. Fun to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's even more fun to, you know, you have that zero sum game. You gotta you gotta you gotta sell one to buy one, right? Right. Or sell three to buy two, two. Or, or yeah. Yeah. As long as you cut you know, negative outcome. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I am reducing my my, my gun stock. 
Slowly but surely. Yeah. One at a time. One is less than two. True. True, true. So. I mean, progress is progress. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. All right. This was, I, I immediately sent a text, and I get a call back from Rodney Allen State Farm and says, what the heck are you talking about? He hasn't seen the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Rodney... Trust Rodney. Why? Because he's not going to do you like he did these people. You need to trust Rodney. He didn't Rodney. do this. No, no, no. He didn't do this. Oh, no, he didn't do this. I'm you saying you need that. to trust him. Because he's not going to do you like that's this what I said. guy's insurance company. Yeah. In Atlanta, a couple said they came home from their winter vacation to find the house ransacked by an unusual suspect, a squirrel. Carrie and Dustin Drees bought their first home last month in Atlanta's affluent Buckhead District, and they went to visit family a week later. During their vacation, an alarm went off in the home, but friends said that the doors and windows were not breached. When the couple came home, their house was a mess. Floors scratched up, baseboards chewed, and a kitchen faucet running. A squirrel had fallen down through their chimney and was trapped in the house, defecating and scratching at everything to get out. Eventually, it made a nest in the couple's couch. Quote, we stressed out at first, but we were like, this is why you have homeowner's insurance. And it's like situations like this, and we were so stressed. That's a quote. I don't talk like that. But the couple's homeowner's insurance, Mercury Insurance, told them that it wouldn't cover the damages because a squirrel is a rodent, which is not covered by the policy. Representatives from Mercury told the news outlet uh, that the contract explicitly stated that the insurance does not cover damage by rodents. The couple was told that if a raccoon had destroyed the damages, it would have been covered. The couple will need to repair furniture, windows, floors, walls, and have their home professionally cleaned. Mercury said that they wouldn't. That said, while they wouldn't cover the damages, they had offered, offered to pay for safe housing for the family for up to two weeks. That's interesting. Technically, they're true. They're a member of the Scurrious family, but they are a member of Rodentia, which is the level of rodents. What do we call them? Tree rats, there fuzzy rats with tails. There you go. Hey, Tom. Hey guys, how you all doing? We're having a good morning, and you? We're we're having a great morning here too, sir. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to call and say uh, say thanks for having the show on because you you bring a lot of insights uh, as we just did with these whatever they uh, Rob called what do you call them, monkey rats? No tree rats. Tree rats. Tree, tree rats. <laughs> that's 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 the clan that I'm from. Uh, <laughs> better up in a tree than on the ground, man. Um, I uh, I just I, I really had one thought, and that yeah. is we really need to say a prayer for all of the farmers and ranchers and trappers and hunters and fishermen. Uh, they, they they're just in need uh, of uh, they're just in need of our prayers in in so many ways. They're a great group of people, and uh, they're getting it from all sides. They do, uh, they do. There's no doubt. I got yeah, a couple and, of friends that are are. Farmer, ranchers, and uh, it's a tough life. It really is. Yeah, yeah, and they work. Uh, they work uh, two two jobs, and uh, you know, in town and uh, and on the and on the ranch or the farm, and uh, strong families, good yep. people. Uh, well, that's all I that's all I had to say for today. And good again, thoughts, thank Thomas. you so much for having uh, having the show on. Thanks, Bring sir. a lot of uh, insights to all of us. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks. Talk See you, Robo. See you, Doc. Shark, 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 and tiger. See you. See you guys. Bye. Bye. See you, Doc. All right. 
Cody's in Chicago. Yep. A boy has been taken to the hospital Wednesday evening to treat multiple wounds he suffered when a coyote attacked him outside the Peggy Nobert Nature Museum inside Lincoln Park in Chicago. Authorities are saying the five-year-old boy was ambushed by the animal near the Nature Museum around 4 p.m. After the attack, the coyote was seen vacating the area heading north. The boy sustained multiple bite injuries, including at least one on his head, and was taken to the Children's Hospital for treatment, and his convi- condition has been confirmed as stable. So what what does a five-year-old boy weigh? Probably, I'd say 50, 40, 40 50 pounds, maybe. You think that much? I, I I don't have children. I don't know. Why are you asking the one guy in the station without children? I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing they're about that tall and that wide. I don't I'd say, know. I'd say maybe around like 40 to 60 maybe. I don't know. I'll Google it. You, 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 you never mind. You're a grandpa. How how old? How big was Hunter at five? I don't know. I just know how big he is now. Okay. Well, he's only what? he's only sixty four pounds now. Okay. So I'm thinking thirty. All right. But with that said, it's rather unusual for a coyote to attack an animal, which humans are. Yeah. That size. Well, maybe he was short and thin. I mean, maybe we're maybe we're talking about a little kid. I don't know, but. You know, it's it's so funny. I I, I get tickled at at people. Uh, this I don't know if you've seen this neighborhood thing where it's kind of like your neighborhood, and there's comments. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were saying that there were coyotes in our neighborhood where I live, and my wife's telling me I'm just like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Th- this is news. How? And. and uh, she said, well, they were saying that, you know, if you're walking your dog, and I'm like, all right, why do you think I always carry a gun when I walk my dog? Because I'm walking him usually, you know, somewhere between 4.30 and 6 in the morning or uh, or late at night. I'm like, I, I don't carry it because I just enjoy carrying it. That, and I'm not trying to be rude, but Gunner's a good-sized dog. I mean, he is not the run of the litter. If he ever grows right. into his paws, he's still going to keep growing because he is a good-sized dog. And you're right, they don't attack. Unless this coyote was just really, really starving and saw something a little bit Or small. maybe rabid. I, it didn't say maybe. anything about that, but, yeah. you know. I don't and, know. I, and I told Kana, I said, you know, if if you guys are getting a, are surrounded or getting attacked by coyotes, let him go. Oh yeah, he's mean enough and big enough. He's gonna, he may, uh, he may not make it, may not survive it, but it's better than you know her getting attacked. Yeah, exactly. So, and at sixty-five pounds, he's going to give them a run for their money. Oh yeah, and there was another story a couple of weeks ago. I, I saw it and didn't put it in show prep. Los Angeles has been having a lot of, and I mean, like the not, not downtown, but just the outskirts of Los Angeles have been having a lot of coyote attacks recently. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. You know, the, these are wild animals, and I mean, people don't people don't understand that. Watch your kids and watch out for coyotes. Apparently, there you go. They're not trying to put together an Acme engineering kit and get a coyote. There is not wild coyote and yeah, and such. Yeah, get a roadrunner. Sorry about that. There we go. All right, man. Final break of the morning. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. It has gone quick today. It has gone swift. We'll be right back. Tony Center's outdoors. Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the 
campfires are burning. Horses Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Wow, we're wrapping it up. I'm Tony Sanders Outdoors coming straight to our roving reporter somewhere in America. Dave, where are you? Just left LaGrange trying to get to Chattanooga before it starts pouring rain. Man, it has been a great show, and it has gone very fast. I just almost missed my opportunity, and I want to personally thank Robert for a couple of big, huge new words I've learned. I can't pronounce them or spell them, but we're good there. So, uh, listen, guys, really quick. Yeah. Chicago and the coyotes, The it, it's very, very simple. Coyotes are predators, and predators will always go to the gun-free zones. There you there go. There it is. That's it. Good problem solved. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, have a great morning and great show. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Bye. See you, buddy. Bye. Got a point. He's got a point. I got to give a shout out. My cousin Richie O'Donnell's watching from probably from Barrington, Rhode Island. So, Richie, how you doing, bud? Is he the one who goes striper fishing? Yeah, he takes me striper fishing. And, he, and when, whenever we go up there, he feeds me cogs. So, if, if I go up there, will he take me striper fishing? I'm sure he would. And will will Aunt Gidget, you know? Oh, Aunt Gidget will feed you until you pop. I guarantee you. I mean, she's let's let's go. She hovers in the kitchen, and basically her line is, "Are you hungry? You look hungry. You're hungry. You'll eat. You'll eat." (laughs) And then she like feeds you half a lasagna, and it is so good. Oh my god, it's so good. You're going up there this year, right? Yeah, I'm gonna head up uh, sometime in June, I believe it is. Maybe I'll just go with you. You Y'all too. Do the show from the uh, the banks of the beautiful. Narragansett Narragansett Bay. There you go. See, we could do that. Yeah. The world of electronics allows us to do that stuff. Yeah. We go run out make make a run out to Block Island broadcast from off the coast of uh I'm I'm game, man. All right. Let's go have fun. I haven't been to Block in god thirty years, probably forty years. All right, what's happening with the Wild Baptists? Uh the Wild Baptists are having a lot of wild game dinners at their Wild Baptist churches. On February first. The Bayside Baptist will be having their wild game dinner. Now you got me going, darn it, the, <laughs> darn it. They're gonna. All right, they Bayside well Baptist at this point. Yep, Bayside Baptist four o'clock. Jeff Danker from Real Tree Buck Ventures TV is gonna be at Bayside <laughs> Baptist Church, and that's gonna be the first of February. Those on, darn wild Baptists. Yep, on the second of February, the Silverdale Wild Game Dinner at Silverdale Baptist Church will be at four o'clock. You think so, about Silverdale be as wild as the Bayside? I don't know. They got Jimmy Houston, and I heard he can get He's wild. A He's a hoot. He can get wild with the Baptists. So um, <laughs> he, that's going to be uh, the 8th of February. 
on the 14th of March is the DU Green Wing Youth Event. That's going to be a great event for kids of all ages, especially youth. Uh, Sports Warehouse stepped up to be a major sponsor, and our local Ducks Unlimited chapter is going to have that out at Covey Creek Farms. It's going to start at 11 o'clock-ish. If you have grandchildren, kids of any kind, you need to bring them out to this event because everybody gets a gift bag. They get to meet a whole bunch of outdoorsmen. There you go. Great event. Wild Baptist. Yep. Jimmy Houston will be fun. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I just found out uh, Silverdale actually has two locations. They have the main location there, and then they have the uh, the one up in Udawal that they will have four or 500 people out. Wow. So I think we're going to try to cover both of them somehow. Okay. I'm working on the, the details with that. Logistics, so, all right. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Man, it's been a good show. Had fun. It has. Thanks for pushing our buttons today. No problem. Always pushes our buttons. Yeah, true. I'm paid to do. There you go. We'll see you next week. Tony Sanders Outdoors. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.